You're listening to 7-Minute Stories with Aaron Califato. This is Season 3. In the late 1980s, I was obsessed with a short French film titled The Red Balloon. My mom got me this VHS, and I couldn't stop watching this thing. It follows the story of this kid who finds this magical balloon, and the balloon has a mind of its own. It's like a sentient being, and he ends up chasing it all over the city. And I was so transfixed with this film, even as a six-year-old, I was asking myself, are balloons magic? And the short answer was, in my six-year-old brain, I thought, yeah, possibly. Little did I know, just a couple years later, I would have to put this theory to the test when I would have to call upon the power of a magic balloon to help a friend in need. I was racking my brain as a six-year-old trying to figure out how I could help my friend Justin. He was going through something. And all I could think about was this movie, The Red Balloon. See, my mom wanted me to always be more worldly. And she's awesome. She is. So she got me this French film, this short French film. I didn't know about the artistic integrity of the thing. I didn't know it was released like 30 years prior in 1956 that it was like critically acclaimed, that it even won an Oscar for best original screenplay. Didn't know any of that. I just know the film kicked ass and I loved it. And it got my mind going and maybe provided a solution for my friend. First, I got to tell you about my buddy, Justin. Justin was very kind. He had this wonderful smile, red hair that would go in his eyes sometimes, but he just had this sophisticated energy. It's like he knew that kindergarten was kind of important, but not really. Like he didn't buy into all the stuff, all the games. And he he talked like an adult, smart, intelligent. He had a command of language and he was complimentary of people, celebratory of people. He never put people down. He wasn't mean-spirited. I'm not saying the guy was perfect, but he was just a really mature guy, I think, at the age, especially at that age where, where boys especially are becoming assholes. You know, they're just picking fights and, and and making fun of people and they think they know everything. I was getting in fights all the time. I wasn't one of those kids that was bullying, but I'm getting in fights because I was trying to defend Justin. People try to push Justin around. And I was like, you're messing with my boy, Justin? You serious? No one messes with Justin. You mess with Justin. I'm going to meet you at the merry-go-round. This is how I was. So I had a long way to go, clearly. Had a lot to learn from him. But he also was a great teammate. See, we not only spent time in kindergarten talking shop in the carpet square, talking about Silverhawks, Transformers, He-Man, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We also played soccer together in City League. He played sweeper, he played defense, and I played striker on offense. And my job is to score as many goals as I can, and his job is to stop goals from happening. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you, he was lucky to have me. I was really good. Years later, I would go on to play traveling soccer, yes. But in City League, I dominated. I'm talking 9 to 12 goals a game. Justin doesn't even have to do much, and I know he appreciated that. So it made it fun. We're just crushing the league. You know how they have the like the huddles of kids and soccer when they're really young, they just all bunch up? I'm running circles around these people. Now, my dad was semi-professionally taught me some stuff, and I had an acumen for it. But I got to be honest, I think the real incentive 
was that, and I've talked about this previously on the podcast, my grandfather would tell me he would buy me a crunchy ground beef taco from Taco Bell for every goal that I scored. So of course I'm scoring thousands of goals a game. I'm crushing T-Bell afterwards. And I remember Justin, after every game, he was like, can I go with you to T-Bell? I was like, yes. My grandfather said he could, but his family, they, they were great. They just were together. And they always would say, hey, we're just, we're eating as a family or not today. We're doing something. They were close knit. So it was never a bad thing. But I remember him. He was secretly jealous of how many tacos I was getting. I would hear him say like, mom, can we go to a Taco Bell? And I, I never saw him there. But you know, the other thing that was great about him was every time I scored all those goals, you know who the first person was to cheer with me? It's my man, Justin. Didn't matter where he was at at the field. He probably should have been somewhere deep on defense. But the first face I would see when we were doing our ridiculous celebrations, I would do this weird Arsenio Hall thing with my fist after I would score. Aaron's going out of this through the midfield. Oh, he gets around the defender. Oh my God. He shoots. He scores. Goal. And there's Justin right by my side. We're doing like an airplane. And I could see he's genuinely happy for me. But despite how excited we were, something would happen to Justin that would require my help. I remember I'm in the car, my mom's driving me to one of the games and she's looking in the rear view and she says to me, pumpkin, that's what she called me, pumpkin, I need to tell you something about Justin. I said, is he okay? She said, well, he is, but his dad passed away. And I, I'm trying in this moment when she tells me this, just to understand what that even means, because it feels so unnatural for a dad to die that young. And then the thought of Justin losing his dad, it hit me right in the gut. And I was just trying to think, what would it be like? What is he going through? How is he sleeping at night? he must want to talk to his dad and his dad must want to talk to him and how sad is he? And I want to be there for him. And I just wanted to fix it. I wanted to help in some way, just putting myself in his shoes. And I remember it was like, it literally was like getting a gut punch hearing that the whole drive there to the game. I just was like stunned. Now it didn't stop me from performing incredibly during the game. I did score nine to 12 goals and got a ton of tacos afterwards. But even, even on the drive home, I was just thinking, what can I do? And that's when I started thinking about the movie, the red balloon. And I thought, man, there's gotta be something with the balloon thing. I got it. And then it clicked. And then I went to my mom and I said, mom, would you get me a balloon? And she said, yeah. And what do you need it for? And I said, well, if I were to get Justin's dad a message in heaven, I would probably need to use the balloon to get it up there, right? I could tell she kind of looked at me puzzled, but then said, yeah, you just have to make sure the balloon's really filled up and whatever note you sent up there, it can't be a lot of paper to weigh, weigh it down. You have to write as small as you can so it's really small and you fold it up and tie it to a string. And we went and we got this balloon that was filled up. I mean, it was so big, I remember. And I went home and I got this little piece of paper, small as I could write. And I just put what was on my heart to his dad in heaven. And I just said something to the extent of, I'm sorry 
that you died, but I hope heaven's great. And you have a great son, Justin. And I know you're probably worried about him, but I got your back. I'll look out for him. I said something like this and I folded it up real small, put it on the end of the string. And my mom opened up the window. And I remember just kind of letting the balloon go and it flew out. And I remember it just going up so high. And I remember being so excited and thinking, man, what if? And it kept going and going and going. And it didn't pop when I saw it. It just kept going over the roof and to the point where I couldn't see it anymore. And as soon as I did that, this tremendous sense of relief came over me. And the only thing I could think to do in that moment was go downstairs and pop in the VHS tape of the red balloon and think about when I would see Justin next at school and how I couldn't wait to tell him the good news. Seven Minute Stories is created and performed by Aaron Califato. Our senior audio engineer is Ken Went. Our resident artist is Pete Whitehead. Original music by TJ Duke. If you or your company needs help starting a podcast, Aaron and Ken's company, Valley View, does just that. Reach out to them at valleyview.fm. Special thanks to our partners at Evergreen Podcasts, and I'm Corey Burse. Make sure to tune in next week for another story.